Welcome to episode number one of Star Joe's Podcast. More about Griff than you ever wanted to know. I'm your host, Ryan. I'm Chuck. And uh, Chuck, we actually made it to episode number one, finally. Yeah, finally. I didn't think we were going to get there, but you know. Yeah, well, slow but steady wins the race. So yeah. uh, Thought about doing episode three, fours. Yeah, and... we like fractions. <laughs> so, uh, but welcome all of you. Uh, how have things been for you, Chuck? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Um, weather warmed up a little bit. The wife came back from Vegas. How was that? Good. She didn't come married to another person or No, no, she came back. Her uh, family took her out there for her birthday, which was nice, so... No hangover experiences? There could have been that. <laughs> there could have been some... Not the movie hangover, No, but okay. <laughs> maybe a little bit too much of the beverages. But I didn't know if she lost one of her parents or something like lost that. Lost a tooth or something. Right. No, 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 no. I was good. Uh, yeah. she win anything? She pretty much broke even for the okay. most part. So. That's winning in Vegas. That is. Because so. that town was not built on winners. No. It was definitely built on losers, which I was one of them at least once there. So, <laughs> um, And yeah, actually, so just when I started winning there was when it was time for us to leave. Nice. So Typical. Made me want to go back. It's actually her second trip to Vegas. We actually took our honeymoon in Vegas. We nice. Had a week at Caesars, and then she went this time with her family for her birthday. Actually went to uh, Mandalay Bay. Oh, very nice. Yeah, very so she, nice. she had a good time. All was good. Um, came back in one piece, which was nice. That's always good. How'd, uh, how'd things go with having the two kids to yourself? I... <laughs> you love your kids, but my God. Small doses. It's, Small nice. Doses. it's nice to have the partner there so it's you nice. each get a break. For all you single parents out there, my God, I don't know how you do it. Right. Especially but, the multiple kids. So. Yeah. I got a, yeah, a couple of young kids at home. I got a two-year-old and a one-year-old, and I was, you know, with them... Four days, and it, I like to... <laughs> and now you're happy to be here. Yeah, I can't even talk about it. It's just, wow. Well, I want, uh, in true fashion of this show, I once again had car problems just recently. I uh, had a rock pop up and crack my windshield uh, oh, on the sucks. highway, so I got to get that repaired on Tuesday. But I do get to take a day off from work to go get that done. Is that um, covered by your insurance company? Or? It's going to be covered, yeah. Oh, that's good. So. That's good. I might have to pay some of it, but it's going to be mostly... The deductible stuff, yeah. Yeah, the deductible stuff, but yeah, that, that really sucked, so... Nice. But other than that, uh, it's been a good couple weeks for me. I, oh, speaking of bad news, I had my hot water heater go. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that sucked. No hot water for a day, so I took a cold shower one morning, and that so, was eye-opening. No new action figures for a little while, huh? Yeah, I just blew a lot of money <laughs> on a hot water heater, so I'm kind of on the... On the down low on action figures yeah. for a day or two. But you were a day or two? Okay. I might let it go a day or two. Chuck yeah. makes the big bucks, so, you know. I got a compromise here. <laughs> but you were fortunate enough to have your, was it your uncle or? Yeah, my wife's uh, my wife's uncle. Your wife's uncle. Yeah, he, he came over and rerouted some things and Did some got the hot work. water back. So that saved you a little bit of money. Saved me a lot of money. Yeah. So, so. thank you, Uncle Mike. So that's good. Yeah, I had... Uh, I guess you'd call it stressful week. I don't really stress out about anything. Yeah, I don't you and I stressed out. Yeah, you and I talked about that. I, I did have a couple interviews this week for some positions where we work at, and uh, so I had to get dressed up in a suit and look presentable, pretend like... Yeah, I, I noticed you had a little ketchup on your tie before your interview. I didn't want oh, to tell you, thanks. but you know, you're welcome. Yeah, evidently they liked that because the interviews went well. So. It was a dark color tie, you couldn't yeah. tell. We'll see what happens. I won't I won't really know anything until maybe this coming week. Uh, yeah, I wish you all the best of luck with that. Thank you very much. Uh, so that's kind of all that's been up with us. Yeah, uh, enough about us. Let's uh, let's uh, get into the show, and uh, we'll start with our first segment with uh, Battle Files. Battle Files. 
Okay. We've gotten an overwhelming amount of response just recently. I guess it was maybe because I was whining last time about how I'd like to get some feedback. You did bitch a lot. I did, and I apologize for that if anyone was uh, bothered by that, but I did get a response out of it, so it works. great. Uh, the first great news that we had is we finally have a forum. Yeah! <laughs> I know, and we both have participated with it. Yeah, so uh, where you can find the forum, it's it's the uh, the comicforums.com, comicforums. if it wants to come out of my mouth. Uh, the comicforums.com. Wow. <laughs> and uh, let that go. You can find us just scrolling down, going all the way down to Star Joe's. It's in alphabetical order, so it should be pretty easy to find. But I also did create a link on our homepage for the comic forum, so you can actually just go to starjoes.com, and on the right column there, there's a segment called Six Million uh, Forms of Communication, and it actually says uh, Star Joe's Forum. You just click on that, and it'll take you right to our page. Yeah, and other links below that are the Facebook link. Yes. So you can get to us on the Facebook, right yeah, from the website. So. We've actually added a few fans to the face, uh, Facebook there. and uh, Yeah, that's that's great. Thank you guys very much. Yeah, it's been fantastic. And this and these are people outside of just the people we know. Let's give a special shout-out to one of our uh, Irish friends here. Oh, yeah. Uh, we actually had Warp Speed on the forums. Exactly. Uh, he's one of our Irish listeners, and evidently he's been spreading the word around because we've had a lot of Irish listeners lately. So uh, welcome aboard, you guys. Uh, we've also had some listeners from the UK. Exactly. Uh, which I, I apologize, I didn't notice right away because I saw United States and I saw United Kingdom and I just was scrolling really fast through it the new members. It all said United. It so. all said United, so I didn't notice it, but I did see that uh, we have United Kingdom now. We also have uh, a lot of French listeners. Yeah, thank w- you. W- yeah, thank you very much. I didn't really realize that G.I. Joe was big in France, but maybe Star Wars is. Maybe I don't know. Star Wars. Star Wars is big everywhere. That's true. This is big everywhere. It's so, just big everywhere. Uh, but we appreciate all the international attention, and that's not to take away from our U.S. listeners also. We've Correct. had a yeah. ton of U.S. support coming out. It's so. just overwhelming us. Thank you guys very much. Yeah, thank you very much. Very humbling. And uh, on top of all that, we are now well over 100 subscribers. So we actually have about 126 subscribers as of this recording. Yeah. So that special thing we promised, it's coming. Yeah. So we are going to have a special episode that we're going to record. Actually, two special episodes because we had to break it down. We had to break it into part one, part two because it got kind of lengthy. Right. But uh, we will have that, and that will be outside just our regular episodes. So actually for the next about five weeks... Yeah, you're there's gonna, gonna be a, a new episode every week, so yeah. that's gonna. I hope that's gonna be fantastic for the listeners. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I, I I'm fine with it. So, I'll listen. Uh, but we did get a also got an email recently from uh, Super Tom. Yeah, on the forums, it. he actually is the host of his own podcast called the Two Bit Podcasters, and they also have a website of their own. It's called the uh, Two Bit Gamers they basically, I think I mentioned before, they review video games and anime and all that type of stuff. But his email said, uh, hey, guys, I finally got around to listening to your show. I actually listened to the half episode first since it was the first episode listed on your Podbean site. I'll go back and listen to episode zero next next now that I've subscribed on iTunes. Uh, anywho, some feedback. You both have great voices for radio and you seem to have a great format. With the amount of things you guys plan on covering, you'll have content forever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Other than my childhood memories, I don't really remember much about G.I. Joe, Transformers, and I was a bit too young to be a huge Star Wars fan. So I'm looking forward to future episodes. Thanks again for the constant support with the 2-Bit Gamers and the 2-Bit Podcasters, Super Tom. So thank you very much, Tom. Yeah, thanks, Super Tom. Yeah, thanks very much. uh, And 
he uh, he is a big supporter of the show. I've been a big supporter of his show. Yeah, this is definitely the place to be. If you don't know a whole lot about G.I. Joe Transformers or Star yeah, you're, Wars... You're going to by the end of a, a lot of these episodes. Yeah, you're definitely going to be brought up to speed on, on a lot of these. It's nice hearing that I have a radio voice. Uh, that means we don't have a face for TV. Well, that's fine. <laughs> I don't really need to be seen. I just need to be heard. So. Exactly. And I, as soon as he read that, it popped... Uh, as soon as he emailed that to me, it popped in my head immediately that... Yeah, we're going to have a lot of content for a long time. I started thinking of just the Star Wars stuff alone is enough to last 500 episodes or more. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then when you go and add G.I. Joe to that, you add Transformers to that, you add Masters of the Universe, Thundercats. Yeah, it's just things that we love to talk about. So We're going to have, and, and that's just talking about the comics. Yeah, we we got a lot of stuff, so, <laughs> so we're, we're not going anywhere soon. Yeah, we're as long as Chuck and I don't kill each other, we're going to be around for a while. And really, if we do kill each other, as long as one of us survives, as long as one of us is yeah. alive, yeah, yeah, we're good. I mean, you might have to learn some of the technical stuff. Ah, oh, no. <laughs> uh, on top of that, we did get actually three reviews on uh, iTunes. And uh, they were pretty favorable. Thank you guys yeah, very much absolutely. for reviewed us. We appreciate that. We got three five stars. Uh, one of them from Ironic Nickname here. Uh, he said, this is a great first sample of what should be a great podcast. These guys know their stuff and definitely have a passion for the topics they discuss. I can't wait to hear more from them. Uh, if you even remotely like comics, toys, sci-fi, or any other 80s uh, stuff, you should be listening to these guys. Hey, thanks, Mom. <laughs> that actually came from a friend, though, uh, yeah. that we work with. But he, we didn't ask him to put that out there. No, he, just he did it on his own. He did it on his own. Yeah. Uh, we also got a review from Manticore Manticore, who is actually one of the hosts of DC Noise, uh, which is also one of my favorite uh, shows to listen to. And again, it didn't ask him to do this. He just happened to listen on his own. And he went on there and said, is there anything better in this world to talk about than G.I. Joe and Star Wars? Uh, Ryan and Chuck deliver great stuff. And here's to many more episodes to come. And then this is definitely someone that uh, the last review was from someone that neither one of us have any connection to. It's not a podcast person that I know of, at least, or a friend of ours that I know of. Right. But it was Darth Vic. Uh, he said, you guys are great and know your stuff. I'm two years younger, but I totally know where they're coming from since I love most 80s franchises like them. If you need a West Coast connection, I'm your guy. Uh, keep the podcast coming. And I would definitely say that if there's anything West Coast going yeah, on, San Diego Comic Con, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna reach out to you because yeah, we might be crashing at your house, buddy. <laughs> and uh, and we're we're pretty good guests. I mean, we're you know we're not too yeah, bad. Yeah, we'll yeah. leave the toilet seat now <laughs> or up or whatever you want. One thing I did want to mention uh, also for the uh, show is that now that we do have a forums, I did make a thread on the forums of questions you guys can ask us. Uh, just yeah. post any question on there. We're not going to answer it on the forum itself. We'll answer it on the show. Right. So go have on. Have your question read. Yeah. Go get on an the, answer. Get an answer. Ask us anything, whether it's about G.I. Joe, Star Wars, Transformers, or just about us. Yeah, favorite color's red. Yeah, well, mine's blue. But well, there you go. Yeah. Royal blue. Royal blue. Tied yeah. into Royal Lantern. I but, get I get that. That's, eh, that's not where the name came from, but anyways. Uh, we'll get into that sometime. Uh, maybe if someone wants to know where the name came from, I'll I'll reveal it. Yeah. But so with that, uh, that's kind of all the updates we've had as far as how things have been going, as far as feedback and everything. Right. So uh, let's 
what we're going to cover today is we're going to cover Knights of the Old Republic, the Star Wars comic book. Toiled over this uh, for several days. It was a lot of work to go back to yeah, issue he number did, he one. He did a lot of research on this because uh, it's quite lengthy. Yeah, so uh, we might just have enough time to get through that. And then also we're going to do a toy review of the three G.I. Joe action figures you probably heard in the very first episode we did. Yeah, we didn't that, forget. Yeah, we didn't forget. Uh, but that's going to be with Flint, Snake Eyes, and Zartan. Those are the 25th anniversary figures, so uh, we'll cover that. If we figure that we have time after Knights of the Old Republic, we'll get into the Clone Wars car- uh, comic, and we'll get into the Dark Times comic. But I'm thinking Knights of the Old Republic might be enough for this yeah. episode. So, uh, with- Without further delay, let's go ahead and dig into that. Yeah, let's get into our next segment, which is uh, From Springfield to Tatooine. From Springfield... All right, Chuck. Well, this was uh, this was my pleasure and curse at the same time to do Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, yeah, it was Ryan's penance to do the Star Wars comics because I did the Joe comics. So yeah. he's going to do pretty much the bulk of the review here for the comic book. Yeah, I'll interject. When Chuck I can. will be happy to jump in when he can. Uh, and you're just starting to actually read these story arcs, so. right? I haven't read the. The ones that you have, like, all the way through, I've pretty much got the gist of it down. Yeah, so, uh, and what I did is I actually went almost issue by issue for the first, I think it's 10 to 15 issues, and then I just kind of summarized the rest of them. Right, because you need a good starting point. Yeah, it is like 46-some issues and everything else, and the first, you know, 10-15 issues cover all the characters. Yeah, so uh, if you listeners want to go ahead and grab your favorite beverage, grab a bag of chips, (laughs) and settle down... You're going to be here for a while. Yes, and grab the actual issues if you have them. Um, yeah, you follow right along. We're going to read them word for word. <laughs> right, exactly. Page uh, one, let us begin. But Knights of the Old Republic is uh, my favorite of all the Star Wars titles that are out there right okay. now. Okay. Uh, I love the characters they introduced. So uh, let's just go ahead and jump right in. They started with issue number zero, which was called Crossroads. And then issues one through six was called Commencement. It opens up with uh, us on a planet called Terrace. Uh, with a character named Marn Aerogriff, also known as the Griff. He's the a Griff. he's a Snivian, which is kind of like a groundhog slash pig looking combination right. character. Right. Kind of unique looking guy. Yeah, uh, he's making a deal with uh, with someone, and the person's a smuggler and a con man. But then he finds out that he's actually making a deal with this character called Zane Carrick. He's a Jedi pot, uh, Padawan who wants to be a knight, but also screws up a lot. If he can capture Griff, he'll be able to redeem himself and become a full knight. But, of course, he screws up again, and Griff gets away. Then a different Jedi... Then, or Actually, then we transfer over to uh, some other Jedi, and one named Cornelia has a vision and tells a Jedi named Lucian Dre, who is Zane's master, that something bad is coming. That was pretty much issue zero. Yeah, because um, Cornelius knows everything. Right, exactly, exactly. Uh, Zane, uh, then we get into Zane tracks down Griff again, uh, but gets knocked from a ledge and falls into the middle of a Jedi banquet in front of his master. That's embarrassing. Yeah, that's going to leave a mark. And uh, he promises he will catch uh, Griff. He talks with some of his fellow Padawans about being knighted, and doesn't think it'll happen for himself. Uh, before he leaves, uh, his master, Lucian Dre, reminds him not to be late for the knighting ceremony. Zane tracks down uh, Griff again. This time he does catch him and brings him with him to the ceremony, which, of course, he is late to. Right. You know, he, go figure. He walks in uh, only to see that all the masters on Terrace are standing over the bodies of the Padawans. 
which they had just slain. Yeah, that's never good. No, that's not a good scene. Uh, Lucian says uh, to Zane that he is late, and Zane runs. Zane narrowly escapes the Masters, hops on his ride, and tells Griff to hold on. They are chased, they're chased through the city and get away. Zane tells Griff what happened, and Griff thinks Zane is nuts. Uh, why would the Jedi do this? Zane and Griff decide to go their separate ways until they see a wanted video screen that blames Zane for the killing of the Padawans and Griff. See, exactly. <laughs> so, no, never good to be convicted of a crime you didn't commit. Expect, especially if you're a known con man and smuggler. So it could get sticky. Like Griff is known to be. Could get sticky. Yeah. Uh, Zane realizes he needs to retrace his training to find out why his masters did what they did. Uh, and to do that... Uh, they need to get off-world. And Griff says to do that, they need to go to the Undercity of Terrace, but uh, Masters uh, meditate and know that that's where they're going to be going. It's not going to be a good situation. Yeah, down they the know they're city. coming. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Masters go to the Undercity where they uh, where we see them fighting a bunch of rock ghouls, which much in a later episode explain what the hell rock they ghouls? are. Uh, and there are some rock lords. Or... <laughs> no, these are rock ghouls. R-A-K-J-H, uh, yeah. G-H, well, however you spell it. So I think the rock lords <laughs> were in a lady's toy line. Yeah, those are the uh, Gobots. Right. They were uh, from the Gobots right. there. But uh, the No, these are different. Was Leader One there? No, he was not. Uh, but some Gamorreans were there, too. Ooh, nice. So, like those. And the Undercity's kind of a survival-type place. Uh, the Masters are having trouble pinpointing where Zane and Griff are. Griff leads Zane to a place he calls the Last Resort, which kind I of stay there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a nice uh, junky place. Yeah, but a trap goes off, and they're attacked by a white humanoid with blue markings, and she's identified by Griff as Jariel or Jeriel. And I'm going to screw up the names of these characters because yeah. they don't give you pronunciations in there, and I'd never bother to look them up. So yeah, you pronounce it how you like it. Yeah, I say Jariel. She says she knows why they are both there, and they're both in trouble. So. Uh, they should leave. Uh, then along comes an old man who is also a white humanoid, and he's mumbling, and he seems delusional. Griff calls him Camper. Uh, we find out his name is also Perero, but he does go by the nickname of Camper. Yeah. And, like, Pero, a dog or something like that? Yeah. That, yeah. In yeah. Spanish. Well, P-E-R-R-O, I think, is the dog, but P-E-R-O is butt. Okay. In Spanish. And not, this isn't like your ass. Right. Like butt. Butt, yeah. The conjunction. The conjunction. And that's our grammar section. That's our Spanish lesson right. for the day. <laughs> right. <laughs> Griff, uh, like I said, Griff calls him Camper, and he says he needs uh, a special cargo for two. After a few moments, Camper recognizes Griff, because, again, he was delusional, and tells him to get lost. We find out it's because Griff owes Camper money. Money, right. Of course. So, uh, as they argue, Lucian and the Master show up announcing Zane should surrender. Everyone runs into a doorway, and we find out the last resort is actually a junk hauler ship. It's not just the junkyard. Right. Uh, they take off, and they get away from the Masters. While in space, uh, Jeriel wants to return and turn Zane and Griff in. Griff tells her that her and Camper were hiding in the Undercity for a reason, and now the ship is known, so better to stick together. Zane wants to call his master before Lucian, his master he had before Lucian, which is named Van, the Master Vandar, who kind of looks like a Yoda-type species. So, right. uh, Jeriel tells him no, and they all need to rest. Uh, while everyone's sleeping, Zane, of course, doesn't listen and contacts Vandar. And then he's, he says that, uh, Zane tells him that Lucian uh, couldn't, or Vander tells Zane that Lucian could not be responsible because his family is prominent in the galaxy and in the Jedi Order. 
Vander thinks Zane may have been influenced by the dark side and doesn't uh, remember what he did as far as killing the Padawans. Uh, Zane starts to doubt himself uh, when Jeriel comes in and hits him in the head and cuts the transmission. Zane remembers the last time the Masters and the Padawans were together was on a place called the Rogue Moon. It was a dangerous place for training, and the Masters were protected by a shield because there was all these asteroids and meteors that would drop down. And the shield was put in place by a droid called LB, and it stands for uh, T1LB, and he's a bulk loader droid. Uh, Zane says LB was not smart, and before the Padawans returned from training, LB had gone over a cliff nearby. Zane realizes LB is probably still on the moon and probably saw what the Masters were doing while the Padawans were training. So Zane and Jeriel find LB and, play, and plan to take him back to the ship for repairs to see what he saw. Before he, they can, of course, Lucian shows up with a bunch of soldiers. And before being captured, Griff comes back in the last resort and blasts Lucian's ship. Zane and Jeriel return to their ship and have Camper start work on LB. Camper actually fixes them and adds voice capability so LB can actually talk to them. Right. So, Which is better. Yeah, it's always good when the droid can talk, unless you're C-3PO. Uh, wow! <laughs> that was a shot right there. <laughs> right that was there. a shot. Right there. Wow. Um, you'll find about my love-hate relationship with C-3PO. Um, and I don't even understand that. And that's fine. Anyway, back to wow. the story here. Uh, they, uh, they actually project what LB saw on the moon, uh, and the master. And it shows that the master was meditating and all saw their own death by someone in, in this like red spacesuit, uh, similar to what the Padawans uh, are wearing at the time, and it would mark the return of the Sith. They agree they need to kill the Padawans to prevent the Sith's return. Because, you know, that's the logical conclusion, you know. Oh, it must be one of them. Must be one of them. Let's kill them all. Instead of talking to them and figuring out what the hell's going on. Right. But the Masters tell Lucian they need permission from the Council on Coruscant first before they do something like that. Lucian eventually agrees and says he'll contact them when, when they return. But to prevent anyone from knowing what just was discussed, Lucian ordered LB to walk off the cliff. So See, that's the difference. If you're a good guy, you need permission to kill somebody. If you're a bad guy, you just do it. You just do it. You just do it. That's why I like these, the bad guys better. Yeah, but these guys like to think they're still the good guys, so that's why. That's, yeah. So, the last resort gets captured by a pirate who agrees to let Griff, Jeriel, and Camper go for Griff's stash of money and goods on Terrace, but Zane was not negotiable. They'll turn him in. Uh, that night, Zane escapes and is about to leave with the last resort when Jeriel stops him and talks to him, saying he has to put them. Uh, he's put them all in danger, and now he's abandoning them. Zane states he is. Uh, he's actually going to turn himself in. Zane lets the pirate take him to Terrace. Zane is brought to Lucian and the other masters. Lucian describes why they uh, killed the Padawans. Lucian refers to how Exar Kun, which is actually a very popular character in right. the Star Wars universe, uh, and we'll certainly get to him uh, at some point in the near future. Was Exar Kun was a Padawan, and his master failed to act on any warning, which led to the the Sith War, which is also a great story that's out there in the comics. Uh, Kenelia states that the five masters there are a sacred trust, a Jedi covenant, that uh, to stand watch and make sure that that never happens again. Lucian explains how they were going to wait until Zane arrived to kill them all, but one of the Padawans started to cause a stir, sensing something was wrong, so they had to act right away. Yeah, yeah. You feel like 
hey, uh, I think I'm going to get killed. Yeah. I'm sensing something in the force, and yeah, next I, thing you know, you yeah, get your head locked off. So kill me. Yeah. What they actually end up uh, doing is, like I said, they had to act right away. The pirate captain, hearing what what he did, uh, wants to leave and ask for the payment reward uh, for catching Zane to be sent later. Yeah, I'll, I'll get that, I'll get that later. later. I'll get that later. I got to. I got to. I got a thing. Uh, you know, I just got to get going. Time to hit the dusty train. Yeah, Lucian states uh, they're going to need the pirate shuttle since uh, and since he knows Zane's partners are on his shuttle, uh, he slices the captain dead. So you know, you have that. Nothing worse than a dead captain. Uh, that's right. Uh, Lucian is about to cut down Zane next when a blast rocks from the roof of the building and a being drops in wearing a space suit, just like the Padawans would wear. And uh, it has a lightsaber, and it looks just like the Sith premonitions that they had. Uh, with the element of surprise being uh, being there, uh, the person takes off the helmet, revealing uh, to Zane that it's actually Jeriel. And they make an escape. Uh, Jeriel explains that they decided to save him because no one ever sacrificed themselves for any of them before. Exactly. So they're they're the ragtag group, and no one really stick together. Gave two craps about them before, except for Zane. So, and I can't turn my damn page. Uh, Lucian meets them at the uh, building top before they get on the last resort. Uh, he tells Zane if he is going to run, he should hide and forget their ways, uh, as far as the Jedi go. Uh, he tells them to respect the vision and fear what he may become. Zane replies... Respect my authority. <laughs> no, but he does have an awesome line. He actually, uh, Zane actually replies that he can't uh, forget the ways because uh, and fear what he may become because fear leads to the dark side, doesn't it, Master? Nice. So, they're all afraid and fear leads to the dark side, so aren't you kind of on the dark side there? You know. So, yeah, some of them start to figure it out a little early. Yeah. So Zane is re- reunited with Griff, who offers him a job in his organization. Zane agrees, and Griff starts referring to Zane as his henchman. Right, because it's an offer you can't refuse. Right. You, know, you want to be my henchman? Sure, why not? Why not? I got uh, nothing else going on. <laughs> Riots start on Terrace because Zane escaped, and the Jedi are to blame, so the Masters are called back to Coruscant by the Council. The Masters will have to work together from a distance because Terrace is lost to them. Cornelia comes to comes in saying someone dropped off a message for them. It's a hologram of Zane saying that he now lives for a goal of justice for himself and his friends. He said his goal will have suffering like theirs did. And he said he had a vision himself that one day one of them will confess and make sure that hap- and to make sure that happens, he will hunt them da- uh, down each one and the one that confesses will live. But he said if one day he does destroy the Jedi Order, they should remember that they started this. Nice. So, again, a great line yeah. from that. Yeah. So that was uh, the first story arc. <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, <laughs> going see in- how these get kind of long, folks? <laughs> yeah, so I promise they're not all that long. So the second Well, story- you needed all that information. It's well-informed. Yeah, I mean, it's all the introductions it, it sets of those up characters. Everything so, and the character intros. It, it sets up things to come, to come later. So... Uh, now we got Flashpoint story arc, which is issues 7 through 10. On a mining colony on the fringe of the Republic-controlled space, soldiers are receiving a distress call from Canelia about Mandalorians attacking the other side of the planet. They don't know if they should really believe it uh, until a hooded figure in the base whispers it came from official channels. Now they believe it and rush out. Once it's uh, shown the hooded figure is Zane, who actually nudged the soldiers to 
uh, with the force to believe that the stress call came, uh, which actually came from Jeriel, disguised as Cornelia, uh, actually came from the actual Republic. So they got the soldiers away so they could uh, get supplies. Jeriel uh, decides she wants to practice with Zane's lightsaber while they load up. Suddenly, a bunch of Mandalorians uh, actually do attack for real. I so, hate when that happens. Yeah, it's like, you know, you make a lie and then the lie becomes truth. Yeah. It just sucks. So, uh, Jeriel actually tries to fight back, uh, but she's captured because they actually think she is a Jedi. Camper is distressed over this because he has a connection with Jeriel in the more, like, father-daughter father, way, right. not any other not way. Not chicken wow Right, exactly. But uh, Zane actually orders LB to take him back to the ship and get it ready to go. Camper starts the ship with a remote starter. Zane is uh, jumped by the head of the Mandalorian unit, which is a guy by the name of Roland Dyer. And Roland actually leaves Zane and jumps on their ship, the last resort. Yeah. My so. mother-in-law has one of those remote starters for her car. Does she? Yeah. yeah it's a great one, especially for a spaceship. you think the like, space shuttle could get that or something like that? It would work out, sure. That'd be sweet. I don't know. We're spending a lot of money. you think they could put a remote starter on the damn thing. That'd be great, yeah. Of course, then you got the flames hitting you. And, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you probably should be in the <laughs> rocket before you start her up. Uh, so the next issue actually opens up with the head of the Mandalorians, who is called Mandalore, coincidentally Go enough. Go figure. Yeah. He's told a Jedi was caught at the mining camp, and Roland is leading the assault as ordered, but contact was lost. Zane, Griff, and Camper hold onto LB, who is holding on to the ramp of the last resort, uh, as it's in the air. Uh, they climb in, and Camper goes crazy after Roland with Jeriel's laser spear. He tackles Roland, zapping him and uh, wanting to trade him for Jeriel's return. And LB actually helps contain Roland. Uh, we then see a ship in the Republic fleet, which is a part of the uh, fleet sent to still protect Terrace from Mandalorian invasion. Uh, while traveling, uh, a ship flies by as they battle Mandalorian ships. And the captain of the ship finds out it's the last resort and it's headed towards Mandalorian space. The captain assumes then that Zane was, the Mandalor- was a Mandalorian operative. Uh, because no one else would be crazy enough to go into Mandalorian space. Space, right. Finding out that Camper is going after Jeriel, Roland tells Zane that he is going to need his help if uh, any are to survive, including Roland himself. So evidently Roland's got some issues going on with the Mandalorians himself. Right. Uh, Roland explains that all Jedi captured, which Jeriel was mistaken as, are taken to a place called Flashpoint, where Demigol the top Mandalorian biologist studies them to understand their talents. This can't be good, folks. No, and when and let's face it, when we're talking studies them, we're talking about your typical crazy mad scientist, mad scientist guy, yeah. type of studying. So, yeah. Uh, Zane asks why Roland is helping them, and he explains he was one of the best Mandalorians and could have been the Mandalore. Uh, but preferred to... He could have been a contender. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but he preferred to fight uh, rather than strategize. Uh, but then things started to not make sense because the Mandalorians were probing Outer Rim planets rather than direct attack to gain ground. He questioned why, but got no answer. So when called for his next mission, he didn't answer. I guess probing's always fun. Yeah, because you know when you're when you ask a question and they don't answer you, then when they call on you, you, you know it's okay to say eh, I, you didn't answer my question. I'm not going to answer your call. So. Um, <laughs> So when that happens, uh, you're actually put on the front lines, because that's a big, bad no-no for right. the Mandalorians. And you basically just... And you're placed in a... You're put into a place where you can barely survive. 
you know, you're not meant to survive yeah. that way, yeah. Well, Roland does keep surviving. Each time he does survive, he tries to find the answers uh, and keeps getting thrown back into the line of battle. Then something uh, something happened. A Padawan killed his classmates, and this caused riots on Terrace. Uh, this caused the Jedi to leave Terrace, and the Mandalorians decide to make their move. And this is all coming from Roland. He's, he just knows that somebody killed some Padawans. He doesn't realize he's telling the person suspected of it well, yeah that that's who he's talking to so uh roland states once they reach flashpoint the mandalorians will capture them but zane gets an idea roland uh when roland states that there are other jedi captured on flashpoint uh jeriel is put into demigal's waiting area it's kind of the waiting room for the, the mad scientists room, yeah. yeah there's some know. magazines there yeah. <laughs> maybe just a, do some reading you yeah. uh, maybe a mint or something yeah. and uh a jedi named squint squint yeah really great name for a jedi isn't it squint squint uh, is tossed in after being worked over, and Demigol wasn't wants he on the Sandlot? Well, wasn't that the captain of uh, uh, the Jaws no. ship? The ship in uh, no, that was Quint. No, no, it's that Quint. Was Quint. Yeah. Squint, I think, was actually the little kid who had the dark glasses. Squint, yeah, Squint, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Shout out to the Sandlot. Yeah, great movie. Good Joe. movie. Yeah. Good movie. So Demigol comes back and he wants Jeriel next for his tests. Um, this can't be good. No, but Squint convinces to take him in, instead. So he Squint just got out. Yeah, he's. I'll go back. I'll go back in. Yeah, um, and that's actually because he knows that Jeriel's not a Jedi, and she wouldn't survive the test. So the last resort. Next thing we see is the last resort stops at the rear guard of Flashpoint, where there's a little bit less security. Roland acts like Zane is his prisoner for Demigol, while Griff and Camper hide under a bunch of junk that's in the main hall. Demigol comes back with Squint barely surviving, uh, then is about to take Jerio when Roland comes in with Zane. Uh, they actually take Zane back instead, and before Demigol can start on Zane, Roland knocks him out. We then see Roland and Demigol come back out into the waiting area, with Roland talking about Zane not lasting long. So it's kind of like, what the hell happened yeah, what between happened? panels yeah. there? Uh, Jeriel, upon hearing this, attacks Demigal, but then hears a voice in her head say her name, and she gets thrusted back. Walking out of the area, we hear Roland and Demigal talking and realize it's just Zane in Demigal's armor. Uh-oh. Uh, Roland talks to uh, the Mandalorian guards that are back there uh, out on the landing area to distract them while Zane uses the Force to place explosive charges on the ships and fixtures. Uh, then, once in place, a warning signal goes off, and a message from Griff impersonating a Republic fleet commander stated that even though the Mandalorians took Flashpoint from them, uh, it was actually booby-trapped. Uh-oh. So, then he sets off a bunch of de- uh, detonators that Zane had just placed in, in there, and uh, Roland orders everyone to get to their ships, and not to take the Republic ships, though, because those are probably booby-trapped also. Right. Zane, as Demigal, races back inside, saying he needs to save his research... Because, of course, everyone's wondering, why is he running back in? Why is he running in? back, yeah. Roland says uh, he'll go after him, but everyone else uh, should leave and tells them to tell the Mandalorian High Command that Roland died to save their lives. Right. Uh, Zane reveals to the prisoners inside who he is and releases them all. Roland goes ba- uh, in the back to get Demigal as a prisoner, and when he comes back with Demigal, back in his armor, uh, Demigal's back in his armor, uh, He's Demigal's actually stumbling. And Roland said he had to hit him again. They're all about to leave, and Roland says he'll come with Zane, but Zane says it's actually best probably for him to watch over Demigal to make sure he doesn't get away. Right. Roland looks to Jeriel, and then he agrees that he probably should go. Uh, Jeriel thanks Squint, who reveals to her that Squint is a nickname because his last name is a mouthful. So he says if she sees him again, she can actually call him Alec. 
Alex a little bit better than Squint, I guess. Yeah. So uh, Zane tells Alec uh, when he returns to the Republic, he may hear some stuff about him, but he should just remember what happened here. And in the end, we see Roland sneak aboard the Last Resort before it takes off. So Roland didn't he, listen. He did, yeah. Yeah. In between all these issues, there was actually an interlude episode, uh, issue uh, that took place during Flashpoint. In the interlude, it actually focuses on Lucian Dre. It shows Lucian growing up on Coruscant and how he first met Cornelia. Uh, there are some. Uh, there are several flashes to his past and jumps to the present, where the Masters are answering for the actions that they uh, that took place on Terrace. No one knows uh, actually that they were the ones that killed the Padawan. Still. Uh, so then we flash back and shows Lucian yelling at his mother about wanting to train with the other Padawans. But his mother said he has someone named Hazen to teach him. And Hazen's actually an assistant to the family. Uh, we find out Lucian's father died as a warrior, uh, as is Lucian's mom's uh, sister and Master Vodo. And Master Vodo is actually somebody that if you've been reading Star Wars comics for a while, that name will sound familiar as well. And that's all, uh, and that all happened in the Sith War. So all those people died during the Sith War, and Hazen's one of the few people to actually survive out of it. So, uh, in the present, all the Masters are assigned uh, to separate outposts, which they kind of expected was going to happen. Then we jump back to the past to see Lucian training with all all those that would be his fellow Masters in the present. He bests them all in the lightsaber battle training. Uh, and Lucian's mom comes running to stop them, tells uh, Hazen that she allowed her students to be in the exercises, but not to be hurt, because uh, they're actually supposed to all be seers, uh, so they can foretell the future. Hazen apologizes, but says Lucian is a good fighter, and as his father, uh, as good a father as his father, uh, a fighter, fighter as his father, father was, yeah, edit that. Uh, <laughs> uh, it says at this time that Hazen suggests that he be placed as a protector of uh, his mother's students. Uh, who are all trained, again, as seers. In the present, Lucian returns to his family's house at night and meets with Hazen. He asks where his mother is, but Hazen changes the subject to ask why Lucian ignored the advice he gave to bring the Padawans to the council. Lucian says he did what he thought was best. Hazen tells Lucian he is to bring Zane, the failed Padawan, back to be handled because Hazen himself was a failed Padawan. Lucian tells him that he is still a failed Padawan and uh, that Lucian will kill Zane because the risk is too great. Hazen reveals himself out of uh, his robe and he's wearing, uh, that he was wearing, where we see that he actually has many robotic parts, including legs, an arm, and an eye. What does that tell you? Yeah, he got fucked up one time. (laughs) He says he understands risk as as he's one of the few survivors through the Sith War. Uh, he says Lucian's mother and himself know best how to deal with the risk. Lucian asks again where his mother is, and Hazen repeats that Lucian is to bring Zane before him, so he kind of changes the subject again. Right. Uh, Lucian says there is something Hazen is not telling him, but says on his way out to himself that there's also something Lucian hasn't told Hazen. So right. that's the end of that story arc. Now, See, with the interjections like that, when you're <laughs> looking at the whole story and you're anticipating the next issue, whether it comes out weekly... You know, every two weeks, bi-weekly, or monthly. Yeah. And they give you that little thing that has nothing to do with the current story you're reading. It's kind of a letdown. See, I actually liked that interlude because I got to see a little bit more where, who the hell this Lucian Dre guy is and maybe what Well, yeah, if it came out as like a one-shot or something yeah. like that as opposed to the issue that you were looking forward to. Yeah, I can see that. That's, that's kind of disappointing. Yeah, I didn't really see why they put it where they put it. So, yeah. so I get that. But 
Anyways, going into uh, the next story arc, which is a, a shorter one. It's called Reunion. It's issues 11 through 12. Uh, Reunited, and it feels so good. That's right. Uh, the group goes to, uh, the group of, you know, Zane and all of them, they go to Telerath, which is a planet that's a vacation resort and a banking planet. Uh, so, great combination there. Yeah, I've never been there. Yeah. Uh, do your banking and then go sit in the sun for a little while. Well, you need money. Right. Uh, so, they came to get Griff's money. Uh, which has actually been frozen now. Uh, yeah, because everybody wants this guy's money. Because he's a fugitive. So so they use Camper and Jeriel disguise to try to do so, and Camper and Jeriel meet with a banker. But then the banker is captured by Dob and Del Mumo. Who Osama are... Del what? <laughs> no. What not, was that name? Not, not the terrorist. Dob and Del Mumo. They're actually brothers. Dom DeLuise? <laughs> no. <laughs> that poor guy passed away. What are you doing? <laughs> no, these are actually Athorians, which are those hammerhead-looking guys that you may have seen in the... Uh, yeah, that place. That uh, place, yeah. That, <laughs> the bar. The cantina. The cantina. Thank you. Hammerhead. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that guy. So, I was letting you struggle there. <laughs> Thank you. He was doing these arm-waving motions. Right. So, anyways, they're bounty hunters, and they're also idiots, so that works out. Well, you don't want a good bounty hunter. They were actually... You get what you pay for. You find out that they were ordered to actually watch the banker, uh, but they thought the best way to watch the banker is to capture him, and you can watch him very easily. You can easily. watch him all the time. Yeah, you can watch him very easily there. Set him right in that chair and... So uh, Zane, right <laughs> so Zane actually catches up with uh, with them uh, as they're running away with the, the banker. He's actually thrown off off of them, but he recognizes that the banker is actually his dad. Oh, so that's not good. Uh, the Mumo brothers, I love that name. Yeah, uh, get away, but uh, are yelled at by the person who hired them. Uh, which is actually, we find out, one of the masters. She wanted them to just watch the banker because she knew it was Zane's dad, and she told them to wait and do nothing until she talks to her colleagues now. Uh, you got to love a good bounty hunter who don't listen. That's right. So Zane explains to the group that he didn't know this was his, uh, that this was his dad would be there because uh, last he knew, his dad had a dead-end job at a nowhere bank. So, like... Uh, like, like a couple like of us. people we know. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of people we know. Like a couple of people we know. Uh, yeah, so so then uh, Griff devises a plan. Griff meets with one of the brothers in a bar, you know, gets him drunk, and he starts talking to him, saying, you know, how he's actually, Griff's actually with Zane, and that's actually who the job was really about getting. Griff said that Zane is willing to trade himself in for the hostage they have. He says the uh, Jedi Master, which is Master Rana, she just wants Zane for herself. Uh, to get the bounty where the brothers could yeah, actually baby. get him and get the bounty instead. Griff also starts to convince Dob, which is the brother he's talking to, that he shouldn't have to share the bounty with his brother. We find out next that Zane's father was actually brought to work on Telerath because outsiders watching would be noticed on his homeworld. So uh, it was actually the master, Master Rana, who actually sent him to start right. working there. So uh, a couple of bounty hunters like that. If this would have happened in you know, Return of the Jedi, yeah. Jabba the Hutt would have fed these guys in a raid. Oh, yeah. Easily. Easily. So so Zane sneaks on to the uh, Mumo brothers' ship. Uh, he frees his dad, who says they, that he knew that Zane didn't do what they said he did. Uh, the Mumos get into a fight with each other, of course, uh, over what to do uh, because Griff talking to Dob. Zane knocks them out uh, using the force, hitting them with boxes, and Zane's father gets Griff's money released, and Zane sends his family to the planet where his old master, Vandar, is so this way he knew they'd be safe. Right. So, and we're running a bit long, 
Yeah, so, so we'll take a pause here. If you guys <laughs> want to go refill your beverage, get some more chips. So I'm going to cover the next story arc. We'll see where we are, because uh, I'd like to keep these episodes down to about an hour, hour and a half maybe, and we're about halfway through that already. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. The rest of them are a lot shorter than... More the, to come. Yeah. The rest of them are a lot shorter than this, but we'll see if we can get through the Knights of Old Republic. It's a teaser. So we got uh, Days of Fear, which goes through issues number 13 through 15. Uh, we open up to Zane and Jeriel fighting, uh, fight training, and Jeriel bests Zane, taking a swipe at his arm and his, uh, with his own lightsaber. But Zane's arm is actually saved by a new gift from Camper called Vambraces. You know, fashionable. They kind of look like an 80s, like... Uh, shin guards or something like that oh, that he, he puts on his arms. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. But that actually helps stop glancing slashes from a lightsaber due to some elements that are rare. And Jeriel has the same stuff in her shock staff, mm. so that's always good to have. Uh, Camper Jeriel and LB are leaving Zane and Griff due to Camper's health getting worse. Uh, he needs to. Uh, he needs to slow down a bit. He's up there and kid up there at age. Yeah, so. So they leave in the last resort. We find that Griff hired a bounty hunter named Slisk, who's actually a, a Trandoshan. Uh, so if you know Bosk, the right. character of Bosk, this is right. Slisk. So he steals a ship for them. Uh, during an argument on the payment, Griff has Zane use the force to have a beam come down on Slisk. Because, you know, if you can't agree on a yeah, price, yeah. take him out. You knock him out. Right. Uh, but this was actually all planned out because then Griff fake saves Slisk. That, say that again. Say that five times. Say fast. that again. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Griff fake save Slisk. Uh, and because uh, Trandoshans actually have a life debt, much like Wookiees do, right. uh, Griff wants a deal on the ship now. And Slisk says, I can't actually bargain with a person who just saved his life. And he actually vows to stay with Griff, because you know, that's what Griff wanted. Right. Uh, to protect him as part of his life debt. The uh, the original owners of the ship start gunning for them. <laughs> uh, they come along and say, hey, that's our ship. You guys are taking it. Yeah. And the group of Zane, Griff, and Slisk fly away, only to find out that this ship is actually a provisioning ship for the military. Uh-oh. So, you know, Slisk did a hell of a job. So here we have another bounty hunter, thief-type guy who's an idiot. The galaxy's full of them, folks. Yeah, absolutely. And Griff seems to find all of them. So uh, they run into the military fleet while they're leaving the planet, and they're actually thought to be one of them. Uh, so that's good. Uh, they're ordered to actually get into formation as they're about to leave for war with the Mandalorians. Uh-oh. So, hey, let's go. Um, you don't want to miss the war. That's right. You know, And then we, uh, with Camper and Jeriel, we find uh, a box on board their ship had an assassin droid in it. So when they were actually loading up to leave Zane and everything else, an assassin droid got you know stashed in there somehow. Uh, and Who put the, that there? Yeah. Who put, where did I put my assassin droid? Yeah, where was oh, my assassin oh. droid? I, did I leave it at home? Yeah. So uh, it actually knocks out Camper and is about to take uh, Jeriel out, but LB jumps in to try to stop it, but he fails. Uh, Jeriel attempts to try to take it down, but she also fails. And at the last moment, the droid is, uh, is taken down by Roland, who emerges from his hiding place. Uh, Jeriel asks where he came from, which he says from a compartment he stashed away in, and gets Jeriel's name wrong. Uh-oh. So Roland actually gets the girl's name wrong. That's not a good thing, That's guys. That's not good. Yeah, you're not supposed to get the lady's name wrong. No. You know, it's like, uh, how's it going? You know her. Yeah. Uh, how's it going, Beth, Becky? I mean, whatever yeah, your name Yeah, yeah, it's so, like calling your wife another girl's name. That's yeah, not good. not good. He says he decided uh, not to go with Demogal uh, to watch his trial because Coruscant's not exactly a place a Mandalorian should be. Which, you know, yeah, makes yeah, some yeah, sense, makes sense, so... Uh, meanwhile, Zane, Slisk, and Griff land on the Republic staging area planet, and 
uh, play a part of the mess hall for the military. So they actually decide, well, we're here. People yeah. think we're a mess hall. Let's go, Let's ahead, go and ahead and make, yeah. do it. Uh, and Griff's happy about it because he's going to be making money. Right. Zane meets a, a soldier by uh, by the name of Lieutenant Karth Onassi. But, of course, Zane's disguised, so he doesn't recognize him. Right. Uh, they talk for a while about what is going on in the war. And Karth witnesses Zane being kind in feeding one of the natives of the planet. And when he leaves, Karth actually pays uh, for himself and the native. So he's a nice guy. Hey, bought him, bought him something to eat. Yeah, here's a little something for you. So uh, Griff realizes this scam is making him a lot of money, and Zane worries he will never clear their names if they move from scam to scam. Right. Uh, while but Griff doesn't care because his money's frozen, so he needs all he can get. Yeah, so he's like, hey, let's, make, let's do a few scams here. Let's get it while we got it. That's right. So uh, while away on his own, Zane has a vision that the planet they are on is going to actually get hit by the Mandalorians. Never good. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, he convinces Griff that they need to go by tomorrow, but he's not coming because he needs to go warn the Admiral of the fleet uh, about saving lives. So right. the next morning, Griff sets up shop again, of course. Yeah, he's ready to go. He's <laughs> like a swap meat guy. He's, he's going to go. yeah, feed the troops. And uh, Zane stashes away on Karth's ship and uh, convinces him that he is a Jedi and explains the vision. They head to the fleet to warn the Admiral. Zane calls to Griff to make sure they did leave. And Griff assures him that they are. Yeah, we'll but, get out of here. We'll but then uh, the lunch crowd comes in, and Griff assures them that the food is ready. The food's ready. The food's ready. <laughs> so, uh, Before we leave, i got to make a few blocks. That's right. Uh, the Admiral recognizes who Zane is, because uh, he actually is the captain that was in the earlier issues. Right. He's now an Admiral of the, of the uh, fleet. Promotion. That's right. And uh, says he's... Uh, Calls Zane a Mandalorian spy. Uh-oh. Uh, they arrest him, but Karth is ordered to try to reach this Jedi squint that Zane is mentioning. Because Zane's like, contact this guy's squint, because he's who Go I helped out. Yeah. And he's asked, well, what's his real name? And he goes, I don't know. And he says, oh, just very squint. convenient that yeah. you don't happen to know his real name. Like Alec. Right, exactly. He wants him to va- Zane wants him to validate his story and everything. Just then the Mandalorian... parking. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just then, uh, the Mandalorians arrive, and they fire nuclear warheads at the ships. Why? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, why not? They come in charging, guns a-blazing. That's how you do it. That's how the Mandalorians do it. <laughs> Mandalorian so. style. <laughs> so, uh, actually, what ends up happening is the, sh- the uh, nuclear warheads go around the ships, and they're actually heading towards the planet. Uh-oh. So that's not good. And they and they blow up everything below. Just and, a bit outside. But just before uh, the nuclear warheads hit, sirens start going off on the planet, and uh, Griff and Slisk are like, crap, let, we gotta get going. We gotta get going. Yeah. yeah. Air raid. So uh, Zane finds out that Griff and Slisk never made it off the planet. Oh, no. And their ship was destroyed. Oh, no. Uh, the Admiral says he is going to take Zane to Terrace to turn him in. Uh, later, Karth comes in to tell Zane he didn't reach Squint, but because he was uh, because Zane was kind to the native earlier, he thought he would uh, warn the planet uh, cities with a weather alarm he knew about, which sent the people into bunkers. Okay. Uh, he wasn't able to reach all of them, uh, but he was able to reach 17 of the cities. Okay. So that's pretty good. He tried. Yeah. Uh, and it was all because Zane was a good guy. He credit for trying. So, and that was so. That was the end of that story arc. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting into the shorter story arc. Some here. people live, some people die. Right. So uh, goes on. Kumbaya. Now I'm getting. Now I'm just going to be giving you the gist of the different stories. Yeah. So. Now comes the short, sweet version. Yeah. Now we should be able to get through some of these. All right. So uh, the next story arc is Knights of Anger, which is 16, th- 16 through eighteen. 
Uh, we're not going to get through these if I can't speak, though. So, right. uh, deal. Uh, this one deals with some of uh, Camper's past. Jeriel tries to find medical treatment for him. She finds a man named Arco Adaska. So say that one three times fast. Who takes in Jeriel and Camper, only to reveal that Camper had technology at one time which would help Adaska gain power in the galaxy. That's sneaky, Camper. That's right. He was controlling space slugs. Uh, so if you remember from Empire Strikes Back, that big space slug, there was a bunch of them. Wow. And uh, they're, they call them exogorths. Hmm. Yeah. There's a name. Yeah. Th- that's the one thing that drives me nuts with Star Wars, for me, is getting your mouth around some of the names. The of names, these. yeah. yeah. But, uh, they can be quite tongue twisters. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but these exogorths, or space slugs, I'm going to call them, uh, they actually eat everything in their path. So that's a good weapon to have. And uh, with the hyperspace technology attached to them and the technology that could contact their minds, Adaska could control them to attack places he chooses. Uh, Camper was actually working on this before he left. He actually quit and uh, escaped and was on the run, which is exactly why... Camper's found, on the land. That's why we found Camper and Jeriel in the Undercity. The undercity At least that's yeah. why we found Camper there. Now that Adaska has him back, he can finish his work. Ah. So that was that story arc of Knights of Anger. Uh, now we have Days of Hate. And Days is actually D-A-Z-E. So he's kind of like you're ah, in a daze. In a a little play on words there. So that's uh, issues 19 through 21. Uh, we actually find Adaska is actually selling his services to the highest bidder in the war. He's a prostitute. That's right. He's like Griff. He's, yeah. you know, he's pimping he's stuff out. He's in it for the money. Yeah. in it for the money. So, uh, There's money to be made on these wars, folks. That's right. So uh, the Republic fleet comes, and uh, which is the admiral that has Zane. He happened to be the, clo- the guy close by. Close by. Yeah. Uh, the Mandalorians arrive, and Lucian also shows up. Ah! That's good times right there. Not convenient. Uh, negotiations get intense, as you can imagine. And uh, Lucian almost slices Zane, but Zane's van braces save him. So that's why I, I brought that up earlier. Comes so in handy. Comes in handy. Camper frees himself only to, only to sacrifice himself to stop Adaska's plan. So actually, Aww. Camper's dead. Uh, sad to say. Moment of silence. Yeah, that's right. We're not, done. Not really. <laughs> We're done. All right. Uh, Dob Mumo busts in with his ship. And Is that one of the Mumo brothers? That's one of the Mumo brothers. That's right. And uh, he busts in with his ship and has Slisk with him. Well, yay. So Slisk is alive. He made it. That's right. Uh, On the edge of my seat. What else happened? That's right. So then Slisk tells Zane that Griff is actually alive also. Yay! And uh, he needs his help on Terrace, where Griff started a resistance. Ah. Uh, they resistance. There's got to be a reason behind it, of course. But, you know, but sure. yeah. So they escape, and uh, Lucian is after them to Terrace, because he hears that's where they're going. Sure. So that was that story arc. So you yeah. see, we're flying through them We're now. going through a little quicker now. That's folks. right. The next story arc is called Knights of Suffering, and this time Knights is K-N-I-G-H-T-S. So nice. that's issues like 22. Knights of Republic. That's right. So we got issues 22 through 24 here. Uh, Zane meets up with Griff and meets the Resistance on Terrace against the Mandalorians, because the Mandalorians now have invaded. Uh, Master Rana Tay, we saw her before, right. before uh, is there, and uh, she's one of the Masters who's against Zane, and she convinces a woman named Shell... Uh, that her brother, who was one of the Padawans that was killed, Uh-oh. was killed by Zane. And she should kill him. Dirty lies. So, uh, on a mission to blow up a Mandalorian focal point, uh, she tries, Shell actually does try to kill Zane, uh, but she's uh, Zane's actually able to convince her that he didn't do it. Right. They were longtime friends growing up and everything. So, 
uh, Master Rana shows and battles Zane. So she's like, bitch, you're not going to do it. I'm going to do, do it. You're going to do it, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, she's about to, that's right so she's she's about to slay him when uh, Shell now believing Zane stabs Master Rana with Zane's lightsaber uh-huh. uh uh uses his weapon that's right he actually had it knocked away in the battle she picked it up and stabbed her yeah this so, will, this will be hairy later yeah that's right so they're about to leave uh, by ship because the place is about to blow up but Zane actually offers to save Master Rana hmm. who was just trying to slice his head slice off slice his head off right yeah so uh, she realizes by that act that he is not evil. She tries to come, but her hand is stuck. So she's about to slice her hand off, yeah. but then the explosives go off. Oh, no. And uh, this fulfills one, her vision of oh, her death. Her death, right. Yeah. But before she actually dies, she uh, Master Rana tells Zane to tell Krinda she is sorry. Uh, this gives Zane a new lead. Right. So then we get into a story arc called Vector. And this was actually a crossover storyline with a bunch of other Star Wars yeah. titles. And I'm actually going to skip this story arc because I'm going to cover that whole story in a later episode. Right. Uh, but that was issues number 25 through 28. Right. And I like how you're giving the issues for the listeners. Yeah. That way, in case they like the story arc, the little synapses you're giving, yeah. they can go back and just pick up those particular issues. Those particular issues, issues. yeah. So, Good thing you did there. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah. Well thought out. This way they can follow along to a little bit if they exactly. want to. So. so the next story arc is called Exalted. Okay. Uh, it's issues number 29 through 30. Based on some information Zane uh, receives, he sneaks his way into a temple on the planet Odrin. You don't face this shit in G.I. Joe. No. With the no. names and stuff like that. I, I get a... Cobra Temple. Yeah. It's easy. Planet Odrin. Yeah. So, uh, Everything pretty much takes place on Earth. Slisk. Yeah. I, I like that name. Slisk. That's a good one. Like Gleek. Yeah. Slisk and Griff. That's, that's some good stuff. Don't be picking on Gleek, man. I love Gleek. All right. Uh, so he finds that uh, Lucian has been actually stockpiling some Sith artifacts there. Uh-oh. So, yeah. Uh, Master Felm, which is one of the masters there after Zane, uh, appears and stops them uh, at the actual temple because they're going to take a bunch of the artifacts and prove right. that these guys are fucking up. So to prevent Zane from taking the artifacts, he sets off an explosion, which actually does damage to the villages of his tribe. Oh, no. So... His people are pissed people at him now. Down, yeah, yeah. Uh, he blames Zane for this, of course, because you know it can't be his fault. Yeah, everybody's got someone to so, blame, and Zane's our boy. That's right. And uh, he's about to kill Zane, uh, but he actually is breaking some tribal rules by doing so. But he says, "Hey, I'm the tribal leader. I can do whatever yeah, I, I want." Make the rules. That's break right. The, rules. Uh, the rest of the tribe doesn't agree with him. No, sure. Why not? And uh, they come at him, and he orders them to stay back. And he goes to pull out his lightsaber, but here. Griff snuck the lightsaber out of his holster and p- replaced it with a stick. Oh, not a banana? No, not a banana. That would have been funny. I don't. Do they have bananas in Star Wars? I imagine they have fruit or they have scurvy. They they did have hot cocoa in one of the books I read, and they said it was a distant planet's delicacy. Ah, which I thought was a nice little touch. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. If they don't have fruit, they're just going to get scurvy. Uh, yeah, there you go. So they have to have something. They have fruit, but I don't know if they have bananas. So that's maybe plantains. Plantains. Yeah, sure. Those, I don't really know what we'll they are. Them. I know they look like bananas. I don't know what they really are, though. Maybe a listener can tell us what plantains are. I like plantains. You like plantains? You fry them. Oh, okay. It's like a Spanish-Cuban kind of thing. Okay. They're good. Maybe next time we'll have a recipe for everyone. Wow. So. <laughs> that's so, our cooking segment. That's there. right. There's our cooking segment. Bananas Foster next week. There we go. So uh, the tribe actually kills 
him. So it fulfills the death of him. Right. Now, so seeing the trend happening here. Yeah, a lot of people are dreaming their death and it's coming true. That's right. So uh, the remaining masters sense it. Uh, since the death of Master Felon. So they really didn't need to kill all those Padawans. Right? That's right. Yeah. And uh, Lucian orders one of them, Master Zamar, X-A-M-A-R, again, how the hell you pronounce it, I'll say Zamar, uh, to join the Admiral from earlier in intercepting Zane, who uh, is actually going to be, he's told, uh, he's told the Admiral that uh, Zane is actually going to raid Coruscant for the Mandalorians. So mm-hmm. Lucian lies to the Admiral, yeah. and now he's telling Zamar that he just lied. So Zamar is kind of not trusting yeah, Lucian as much. A lot of lies going on here. And Zamar, in his vision, what uh, he saw is that he died in space. So he's like, I don't really want to go out to the Yeah, street. I don't really want to go out there because <laughs> I thought I was going to die in space. Yeah, so, so uh, maybe I'll just stay right here. So then we have Master Zamar fears uh, the Order because of his vision. Uh, then we go into a single issue called Turnabout, uh, which is issue number 31. Why this was a single issue, I don't know, but yeah. uh, because it kind of tied in some of the other stuff. But anyways, we see Master Vandar uh, comes to a bar based on a message he received. So remember, Master Vandar was uh, Zane's old master, right. the Yoda-looking guy. You always want to meet at the bar. Right. So it's a good time. It's, you know, a Jedi master, a rabbi, and a... Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. And they all say ow. But dun dun. So anyways, uh there uh there they meet Shell, who okay. is the sister right. of the and Alec. Oh, Alec's back. Yeah, and he's actually going by the name of Captain Malik now. Not not Squints. Not Squints. This guy goes through a lot of names. Yeah. Uh but he goes by the name of Captain Malik, and those that have followed Star Wars, again, Malik is a name that you're gonna recognize uh as a Dark Sith Jedi in the future, and I, I, I'm assuming it's going to be the same character. Okay, but right now he's just a captain. Okay, so but he, he was a Jedi, so eh. yeah, we'll see. So they uh, they reached out to Vandar on Zane's behalf, is how they explained it to him, and they explained that Zane now uh, wants to come in and has proof to clear him. The Admiral inter- intercepts the Last Resort, uh, which makes a crash run onto the Admiral's ship. And if you remember, the last resort has Jerry all yeah. and and Roland and all of them. All our guys are on that one. Yeah, that's right. But Zane and Griff are uh, now gone, having slipped away on a smaller ship to Coruscant. They weren't actually on the the last resort anymore. Uh, Vandar is led by Shell and Captain Malik to Zane's signal, uh, only to find out that Zane and Griff were captured are being held captured by Master Zamar now. Whoa. Uh, by lightsaber. He has a lightsaber to their throat. So that was that one issue. And it said to be continued. And I'm like, well, then why is that just a one yeah, issue why one thing? Yeah. if it's to be continued? Continued where? So the next story arc is called Vindication. And it's ah. issues 32 through 35. So this is the story arc that kind of has been leading up to this particular incident. So uh, Zane is brought in pretending to wear a Sith artifact that possesses him. By Master Zamar. Okay. So something's happened now yeah. because before he was being held captive. Uh, Master Zamar explains that there are uh, more of the artifacts, and Hazen shows himself as the master pushing Lucian to do his bidding. So Hazen, the servant, right, is actually the guy behind the guy it. Behind all. So the butler did it. Yeah, he's pulling the strings. Yeah. Uh, Master Zamar goes uh, to secure the Sith artifacts, but him and his fellow Jedi are actually attacked because Hazen has sent out a vindication call that all the Jedi trained for is being attacked right now. Oh. Zamar has 
some Jedi, and Hazen has his Jedi, and they're all battling each other. Uh, the Admiral's fleet starts bombarding Coruscant on Hazen's order, and Hazen reveals he is wearing a Sith artifact. Oh. So that's not good. Uh, we see in Hazen's past that, uh, we do a little flashback to his past, that he actually had feelings for Lucian's mother. Who uh, did? Exactly. I mean, but who she, did? she was a hot chick, you know. Yeah. Uh, but she actually loves Barrison, who is Lucian's father. father. And she kind of disregards Hazen. She doesn't really like him. Not, he's not that hot. Right. He's not in the boy band or anything like yeah, that. So, uh, Hazen, Hazen also finds from Master Arca, again, a name that should be familiar to Star Wars readers of the comics right. series. Uh, that he will not be knighted. Oh. So Hazen's not going to be knighted, and he doesn't get the girl. And he doesn't get the girl, yeah. So because Double he is... Whammy. He, uh, and it's because he hasn't done anything to further himself in the way of the Jedi. <sighs> so Jedi under damn rules. That's right. So Hazen believes it's actually because he is a servant, mm-hmm. and Barrison is wealthy. So that's why he thinks it actually all happened. Okay. He lashes out at Barrison, who uh, had convinced him to go into the training with him. Barrison actually knocks him on his ass. Nice. Barrison forgives him for his transgression because, uh, as a servant who served his family and has been good for many years, uh, he'll he'll let this one slide. Let but it slide a little. That's yeah. right. So then Hazen meets up with a Sith while he's actually cleaning up after a battle. So this battle happens during the Sith War, and Hazen's got to pick up the bodies and all that yeah. type of stuff. Somebody's got to clean it up, right? So a Sith actually shows up, like in the shadows and everything yeah. else, and she's like, "Hey, we can actually promise to give you all you ever wanted." So Hazen, believing this, leads Barrison and the other Jedi into a trap. Uh-oh. Uh, but before he can get away completely himself, the explosion goes off. Because, ah, of course, the Sith lied, lied to him. To him yeah. um, Dirty Sith. And uh, half of his body's blown away. Oh. So, hence why he's now half uh, robotic. Robotic, right. So, um, he's actually repaired with robotic parts, but they're all these crappy, junky parts. And he's like, what did you do to me? Yeah, kind of grievous Yeah, I kind of, yeah, oh yeah. And he yeah. looks pretty hideous. And, yeah. and so then later on, he approaches Lucian's mom. He's like, hey, I know yeah. I look like shit, but can, yeah. you, can you help me out here? Yeah. Hook, hook a guy up with yeah, a little loving. Hand job or something. Yeah, Give you, me something. Your, your husband's not around, yeah. so. And she actually says, uh, she tells him that he oversteps his place. Ah. And uh, he needs to think about his future. But is that really out of line? Just, you know. Uh, it might be a little bit. A little bit there. Forward. So now we're actually going into the issues because that's all I wrote down, but I did review some of these. Uh, we actually now see that uh, Lucian is going to go against Hazen because of what he did, what's happened in his past, and everything else. And Hazen has the artifact on him, so Lucian can't touch him. Can't touch him. Right? He just slaps him around, bitch slaps him, and you know that's that's all you have there. We actually find out that uh, Cornelia, who is actually I never mentioned this earlier, she's actually a one of the masters, but she's uh, she's blind. Oh, but she uses the force to see. Okay, so she decides that she needs to go find Lucian's mom. And uh, because everything's coming to fruition, the Sith are rising again, right, and right. Zane's present, so it's it's all coming true. Uh, Zane says he's going to actually go after after her to get Lucian's mom, who they think can solve all this. Right. Uh, and Griff goes also, but Lucian stops Zane with a lightsaber and says, "I told you I was never going to let you near my mother." Right. So he's a mama's boy. Exactly. So uh, Griff heads on up and notices that. Uh, Lucian's mom's actually in what looks to be a crypt, 
uh, a glass-covered crypt. And if you remember from yeah. Revenge of the Sith, right. where Padme was in, it was kind of like one of those container-type things. Cornelia says she's too late, everything's coming to fruition. So to fulfill all that, she uh, Lucian's mom, who was her master, uh, she's like, I'm going to be with her again. She totally snaps. Yeah. Drinks basically some poison, yeah. which kills her. And she says to Griff, who's kind of trying to help her along, she says, don't you see all this is coming true? And and Zane said that he saw a vision where the person who ratted them out and, you know, and sided with him was actually going to live. Well, that didn't come true because Master Zamar actually just got killed because there was a bombardment of uh, from the Admiral's ships that just happened also. So... Uh, Hazen actually called in an order and all the Admiral's ships came in and they started just hitting Coruscant. Yeah, make it rain. That's right. And Master Zamar got killed. Uh, and Griff says, actually, Zane didn't have a vision. I kind of yeah. told him to say that. Yeah. And she's like, what? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've already taken this stuff. <laughs> I've already taken this poison. You so. know, maybe you should have told me beforehand. <laughs> so uh, she dies. Call a doctor. Oh, too late. <laughs> and then Griff realizes that the container that uh, Lucian's mom's in is actually not a casket. It's actually a stasis. A it's not a coffin. It's called an obliate or obliate. Uh, so she's at, he says, uh, I think this lady's alive. Yeah. So he actually lets her out. <laughs> what we see is we see Zane and Lucian actually fighting now. Ah. So we go back to them fighting because of he's a mama's he's boy. He's a mama's boy. <sighs> and all of a sudden, uh, Lucian's mom shows up. He's like, Mama, and I, he runs and he sh- shoves Griff to the side and with the force and everything else and she's like how could you have done what you did she said i had a vision and my health wasn't well so i was put in uh, hazen convinced me to go into the stasis thing but i was still able to sense everything that you've done up to this point Uh-oh. and how could you do all this and he's like mom i didn't mean to do it and mommy's disappointed yeah and and she still ends up dying uh-huh. um and he's like she's gone well now of course who does lucian blame for that Exactly. The death of his mother. And who do you think it is? Who does who does he blame now? Who does he blame for everything? Zane? Zane. No. He blames Griff now. Because really? Griff, Griff's the one that took him out of the took her out of the stasis. Ah. So he's like, What the hell? You took my mom out, now she's dead. Uh Zane tells Griff to run. Oh, well sure, he's gonna get him. Right. So uh I thought Zane was gonna get blamed. <laughs> so then Zane uh he's blamed for everything. Zane actually stops uh Lucian or doing a bunch of lightsaber battles here. Uh, they end up outside where there's a statue of his father, of Lucian's father is there, and Hazen has all the Sith artifacts there now, and because he hasn't had to worry about anything because right. Lucian's been fighting and everything else. And through the battle and everything, uh, the statue, the base of the statue actually starts coming loose. Lucian says, I won't let that fall, and he actually gets kind of crushed underneath it. But he doesn't die. He, doesn't he just die, yeah. he just gets a little crushed. Zane looks like he's about to s- stab him right through the the statue and everything else. But he actually slices the statue in half to kind of free him a little bit. Yeah. And Hazen is thrilled at this because he felt like Zane was going to be the bringer of the dark side because he wanted to have a good balance. He wanted Lucine to be the light side and Zane to be the dark That's side, fine. and he was going to take care of both sides. He thought he could work both sides of it. So uh, Zane actually says, asks him, will, you know, will you stop the bombardment of Coruscant if I do agree to be uh, to work under you? And he goes, is that your price? He says, I'm all, almost done. I just need to do one more shot 
right when he's about to do that, Zane grabs the gauntlet that he has. He says, uh, I'm having a vision, a vision of the future. And he says, oh, you're a seer, too. He thinks that's why he grabbed he's the gauntlet. Grabbed the gauntlet right. And he says, uh, tell me, tell me your vision of the future. He says, you're not in it. Nice. And he slices his hand off, which is the robot- robotic arm. Zane gets zapped by some Sith uh, lightning. Then what we see is that uh, Lucian flings Zane and Griff away and calls the gauntlet to himself, hmm. uh, the Sith gauntlet, and makes the uh, makes a new targeting selection, oh. which is for the Admiral to, to shoot at. And hey, this is where where the bad guys are. Shoot here. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he Giving actually new coordinates to the guys. Yes, yeah, he actually decides to shoot himself uh, with Hazen there. So good times there. Yeah, kill everybody. Yeah. So we find uh, we find Zane and Griff are actually thrusted into a big pile of goo. Everything ends up working out. Zane is uh, you know freed of all the charges against him. And uh, Griff decides, sees them all in his Jedi gear and says, I guess uh, they took you back. And he says, yeah, they offered. And he says, but I already told him I already have a job. Right. So Zane's actually going to stick with Griff. Nice. So then we actually find out that uh, Griff's more than happy to take him along. But we actually do find out that uh, Lucian actually survived. Ah. Because he was holding the Sith Gauntlet, which actually protected him. If protected you rem- him, yeah. If you remember, Lucian tried to attack Hazen before and couldn't hit him. So even though all those bombs came down, they didn't hit uh, Lucian. But Lucian has uh, gone to someplace else, is all, all they name it. He's on a different planet. He's with some other Jedi that are just kind of plowing the fields and everything else. And he's you can see he's all bandaged up, and he's got a walking staff, and he's going to try to make amends for the evil that he's done in the past. And we actually take a last stop and see that he... Uh, he says he can at least see his future, but he's, he's actually blind. blind. Yeah. So, uh, so then they end with saying a new era begins. So, with that being said, uh, there is still about another ten issues to go. Right. Uh, but I'm going to save those for next time. Okay. Uh, because that was kind of a good stopping point. That was right. that was a place where uh, Zane kind of got redeemed. Yeah. So I'm going to save the rest of Knights of the Old Republic for next time, and we should be able to get through Knights of the Old Republic, Dark Times. And Clone Wars. Wars. And then, and also Invasion. And then we'll save Legacy for the next time when we'll cover Legacy and the Transformer titles. Okay. Sound good? So that should bring you up to speed with all that. I'm up to speed. How about you? Yeah, so uh, sorry that you had to listen to me ramble for so long. No, that's okay. That's okay. But uh, thanks for the interjections there and everything. Good stuff. Uh, So with that, now we're going to go into our segment here, which is the Kung Fu Grip section where we'll cover the G.I. Joe figures. Kung Fu Grip. All right. What we have here is a little tour review of the three... G.I. Joe figures, the 25th anniversary G.I. Joes. We have Flint, Snake Eyes with Timber, and we have Zartan. That's right. And if you remember from the very first episode, Chuck actually got me these as a Christmas gift. Very appreciative of them. I wanted to make sure we did a review of them. Right. So a few episodes later, we're actually doing a review. Yeah. So So let's just start with Flint here. The 25th G.I. Joes are kind of remodeled after the old G.I. Joes from the 80s with a lot more articulation. Yeah, we figured out about 19, roughly. Yeah, 19, around 19 points of 19 articulation. 19 points of articulation, so. Uh, each one does come with a little stand that has their code name on it. And it says G.I. Joe. And the G.I. Joe say G.I. Joe, and the Cobras have a Cobra signal on it. That's right. So the stands are really nice because you can actually stand the figure up on it. They're easier to display that way if you open your figures. 
if you're a Mendon card, it really doesn't matter. All right. And if someone doesn't know what the character's name is, they can see it standing right there. But yeah, unless you got it as a gift, I don't think you'd buy somebody you don't know, but right. that's just me. Yeah, well, you know. But I mean, someone's in your house and they're standing there, and they're like, oh, well, oh who's, who's this, this guy? Yeah, yeah. You can read it, yeah. yeah. You, you can read, can't you, smartass? No. Right. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> so. Yeah, Flint, uh, he's, he's a nice character. He looks really well. He's got his camouflage pants on with his dark shirt. Uh, his, his head is a lot better from the older sculpts because yeah, the, the old brain one lays down. Yeah. The only thing I really didn't like about this figure were the wrists because it's a it's a point where the wrist would snap on to the hand right at the wrist to the arm. I'm sorry, the wrist would snap onto the arm. Yeah, and this is almost his turning his point of articulation. There is actually it's not even so much where the wrist is; it's more where his forearm is. Yeah, it's in the middle of the forearm. It doesn't cut so, right at the wrist. Yeah, so, so it's not a really great one. Plus, I would have liked to see him wearing his gloves that he's known for wearing all right. the time. Yeah, the, the gloves were not included on this one. The later updated and later releases do have the gloves on. Flint, but he now, does come with his uh, little shotgun, shotgun here and a little pistol that fits conveniently into a holster. Yeah, and that's actually some, on. that's something I really like that they've done with the new figures. They actually gave them places that they could put their guns, as far as a holster, uh, a little sheath for their swords or whatever. Right, and some of them are molded right onto the leg, so it was really nice. Yeah. Now, one of my other complaints about this figure with the Flint figure, and I'm a huge Flint fan. Oh, I, yeah. I I love Flint. Probably my favorite G.I. Joe character. But with Flint, the other thing I didn't like is you put the shotgun in his hand and it looks kind of awkward, so you try to bring the other hand up so it holds the shotgun. It doesn't, it just, it doesn't. It's really hard to display the the shotgun into his hand. And the the shotgun's all green, too, which makes it look crappy. Kind of yeah, it should have been black. Should have been black, or it was molded in a green plastic. I would even accept the pistol it. was black. Yeah, and I would have even accepted camouflage looking. Yeah, because you know sometimes sure that's what they do. Sure, you know, to help them hide or whatever. But uh, overall, good figure. Yeah, overall, a good figure. I would definitely recommend it to people picking it up. It was one of the harder figures to find. Okay, yeah. when they first came out with those, with the first five figures. That's because Flint's cool. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the first five figures, so this was the hardest one to find. Uh, definitely, if you can find him, go ahead and pick him up. Now, the G.I. Joe 25th line has since ceased. We're now having Rise of Cobra. Right. So if you're able to get this on secondary market, you know, go ahead. You might pay a little bit more for this particular figure because it was so limited. But definitely a figure worth picking up. Yep. Uh, moving on to, uh, you wanna, why don't we save Snake Eyes for last? Yeah, we'll, we'll go, go with Zartan. Zartan, we'll kind of switch hero bad guy. So I uh, got the Zartan figure here, and I really like this figure. Uh, this is this is a pretty sweet figure. Again, he comes with the stand. It's got the Cobra symbol on the base, kind of uh, like an embossed uh, symbol. Yeah, there. they're raised up. Yeah. yeah, Zartan actually comes with a sniper rifle, right. which I really like. He comes with a little survival knife, and he comes with a backpack, a backpack and a mask. Because, again, Zartan is the master of disguise. Right, the mask is it harkens back and reminisces back to the old mask that he came with, with the swamp skier. Right. He originally came with that. And this Zartan does change colors. Yes. So if you put him in sunlight, he will turn blue. Right. Which is a nice touch. I, I really and like that. And it harkens that. back, again, to the old figure. Yeah, I really so. like that. And the knife you were mentioning, it does fit conveniently into his boot. Into his boot. I love so that. I, I like that. And it yeah. goes all the way down. It fits nicely in there. Yeah. And uh, his hood actually comes off of his head, where in the past I don't think it ever did. Yeah, you could take it off, sure. Uh, yeah, but I mean, in the in the old figure, I don't no. I don't remember the hood actually coming off of him. No, it's pretty much. Yeah, I think it this stayed one, on there. Yeah, this one you can pretty take it off. So I like that. I like the I I like the design. I almost feel like he's almost completely redesigned to look. <laughs> yeah, more. he's a little bit more redesigned because in the older figure he had the snap on 
armor and his right. chest was bare. Right. Whereas this one's got a little bit more of an armor kind of uh, yeah. look to it. It doesn't really snap off, and right. you don't have that color change effect. Yeah, who wants to see... Zartan's abs? Yeah, who wants to see his chest turn blue? I mean, I don't know. Not, unless you're maybe a He-Man fake or fan. Yeah, or a Smurf or something. Right, yeah. exactly. But there was another Zartan that they did where it does have the armor piece on it, and it does show the mid-drift, I guess. Oh, okay. So, 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 so if you're, so if you're into that... Mid-drift, yeah. there is a figure for if you. If you're into mid-drift, there you go. But yeah, I really like... Again, I really like the figure. I actually like how the sniper rifle... I was able to position the sniper rifle so that he was holding it near the trigger, plus he's able to put his other hand yeah, up you can near the nozzle. both hands gripping the rifle, so it yeah. looks really nice. And I like the little... His backpack opens up, and you can actually put his face... Uh, his additional face for disguise into that backpack, right? Um, which is great. This goes back to what we talked about last episode about giving a lot of accessories. But I like this one having a lot of accessories because there's a place to put them. They yeah. all have a place to put them, right. so I'm all for that. So I really, really like this figure. Yeah, it's a great figure. Uh, again, Zartan was a figure that was made earlier on in the line. Uh, I'm not exactly sure which wave off the top of my head. Maybe wave two or three, but definitely a figure worth picking up. They did, however, side note. Make another Zartan, but he did come with a smaller version of the Swamp Skier. Okay. It's a little bit different than this version. Okay. But this version is the first one, and it's definitely worth picking up. It's yeah. a great figure, in my I, opinion. I, yeah, I'm a big fan of that one. So, All right, well, uh, last but not least, uh, our, I'm sure the fan favorite, but uh, sometimes... And the fan favorite, we got uh, Snake Eyes with Timber. That's right. So, uh, And this is the Snake Eyes Commando version, I, I believe, or... Well, they were they were both commandos. Yeah. The first version of Snake Eyes did not have the timber with him in the in the '80s series. That that version of Snake Eyes, he just was a commando, came with an Uzi, no swords or nothing. Right. This was the retake of the 1985 Snake Eyes that came with the timber and the the sword. Right. So again, I like it because you can put the accessories everywhere. I had Snake Eyes down in like a kneeling position. Uh, Chuck put him so he's kind of pulling back, reaching for his sword. The one complaint I probably have with this figure is, uh, and Chuck, you noticed earlier, he comes with a survival knife yeah. that doesn't really fit yeah, into it doesn't the go sheath all the way down. It's like halfway in, halfway out, sticking out. Yeah, so it it still goes in there, but it doesn't come all the way down. Yeah, so. maybe if you wanted to put his hand like he's reaching for it and pulling it up, it would look right. good. But yeah, maybe I'll. T- uh, but then again, I, it would fit in with the more accessories, and you'd have to yeah. put the Uzi out of his hand or the katana. I mean, I guess if you wanted to take like a knife and shove it down in there to loosen it up a little bit. Yeah. Bottom, yeah. <laughs> but again, he does come with his little stand. It has his name on it, with the G.I. Joe and Ray's Boss logo. Yeah. And you get a nice looking timber here. There was a, a variant on this that did come with a black timber. This one is white. Right. If you can find that black timber variant, you know, definitely go ahead and pick it up because it's worth it's a lot of money. Really rare, yeah. Yeah. This and, one is the white timber, and, and it's really nice looking because you got two tones of paint. You got a darker yep. on top, and you got a white underneath on the belly of the dog. And I mentioned well, to you right before the show one of the things that I personally would have liked with timber, just because they've articulated all the characters so well, is just a little bit of articulation for timber. Not a lot, but just enough to move his haunches or his head, maybe something like that. I think it's okay without the articulation on it because it might fall over with the loose joints and the paws or something. Yeah, I could see that. But the other timber, if you go back, had a straight head-on look. That's true. And it was snarling at you. Snarling, out. This one's got more of a head-cocked-to-the-side kind of look where he's still snarling. But he's not straight on looking at right. you. He's kind of and the the thing with the old one too was he was snarling, but he was also all gray. Yeah, it was very hard plastic and all gray. And this one's more of a this rubbery harder plastic because yeah. you can definitely 
move the paws and touch them together. Yeah. And this one has coloring to it. It so. has a lot of coloring and so. a lot of detail. And you can see inside the mouth is a darker, and you can see the teeth are painted, and the nose is a different color, and you can see there's a little bit of paint job for the eyes. So right. they took a little care. And, and the other thing I like with this Snake Eyes figure is uh, no mouth. They right, no mouth. They yeah. didn't put a mouth on them like they did for the the movie. So right, the Rise of Cobra Snake Eyes. If you look at that, the Ray Park Snake Eyes, as I like to call him. Right, he does have a mouth. Yeah, and I don't know uh, why they did that. I don't know. He's not going to talk. No. So, but yeah, I definitely like this Snake Eyes. As you can see, it's he's not all black. He does have some coloring on him. There's some gray and silver, and the grenades across his belt are green, as grenades should be. Right. But a nice figure, nonetheless. He does look really cool, and you can pose him in different ways. Yeah, they did a great job with the coloring because, again, the old figures they would go with one color, just mold it, and they didn't worry about painting it or anything yeah, like some, that. Sometimes they would have a little bit of paint specks on him here yeah. and there, a little silver on the arm or something. But yeah, he's definitely not all black. He's more of a like a charcoal. He's kind like of yeah, color. yeah, yeah, kind of a grayish charcoal. Um, but again, another sweet figure. Yeah. And uh, if you didn't notice on our last from our last episode when we did the Joker review, what what we will be doing is we will be actually putting on our website a review for each figure. Right. Uh, what we think are positives, negatives for the figure, uh, our actual rating out of yeah, five. Overall grade, sure. Um, and then there's also spaces below, just to make you guys aware, for each figure there's going to be spaces below where you can actually comment. And I think on the website they only require that you put like a name and your email address for you to enter a comment. So Yeah, so if you get the figure at home and you think, you know, this is a good figure or a bad figure, you can leave a comment as to right. why. And we'll have threads on the forum also where you can comment on it. Sure. Um, we will only have one picture on the website, however, of these figures. However, on if you Facebook. go to Facebook, you will actually find multiple pictures of these figures. Now, Correct. I didn't do that for Joker, but I will be doing that going forward with all the other figures. Right. I know it might not look like it, but that picture of Joker on our website is actually a picture I took with a little bit of working by my wife to add in the other pictures I took as well of him from the back and with his accessories. So that's not a professional picture. Yeah, you took that. Yeah, I took that. That's my Yay. that's my figure. So um, <laughs> That's actually the one he had. It's uh, actually not our review sample because that's mine singing home on my shelf. Right, but, but still the same one. figure, same right? Figure. Yeah, exactly. So uh, so we did, uh, we will have these three figures, so actually look for those links underneath uh, the Kung Fu Grip review area. Also on the webpage, we're going to start having, uh, to show some of our our figures, we're going to have Ryan's room little tab and Chuck's room tab. Chuck's room tab is going to pretty much be some of your displays. Yeah, just a couple of photos of my current displays, some of my collection. A lot of my stuff, since my room is very limited in space right now, what I do, like Ryan said, he kind of just displays it and leaves it because he has the room to... I display mine, and when I get tired of it, I take it down and display something else. So it's an ongoing, constant thing. It's evolving. So as those displays get changed and, and we'll added, we'll uh, Chuck will add some pictures. Now, what Ryan's room is going to be is, Chuck can very well see, it's been several weeks, and I still have not cleaned this room at all that we're recording out of. Yeah, I'm wondering what you're doing. Um I'm taking notes on Knights of the Old Republic <laughs> is what I'm doing. Putting together a damn good comic review. That's right. Um, so what I actually am going to be doing is, I, I mentioned in an earlier episode, I'm going to be changing this room into a total geek room. Yeah, there's going to be some painting going on. Right. Some new uh, furniture, new shelves, so of that nature. I will have a picture up of what the room looks like now. Right. Uh, which is a total hellhole. And, uh, and then as I make changes to the room, if I feel they're significant enough, yeah. not that I just removed a box from the room, yeah. uh, I will update new photos and tell you what I'm doing and what I'm going to be doing. Uh, and maybe it'll give you guys some ideas of what you want to do as well. Sort so. of like a Star Joe's 
man cave kind that, of thing. That's right. It's, it's, it's a construction do of it yourself Star type. Joe's man cave. That's right. So uh, keep us posted on any t- action figures that you've come across, uh, anything that you like, anything you'd like to see us review. If we actually have it, we'll review yeah. it. Yeah, and we definitely started another thread on the uh, forums, too. Uh, great toy finds or your latest toy find. Yeah. Go ahead and just put your latest toy find on there and tell us all about it if you liked it. If you could recommend it to a friend, yeah. pick it up. Or if you had an interesting story involved with how you got it or how you found it. And we had a couple of those recently, too, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, so uh, so share all those with us as well. Maybe we'll read some of them on the air if yeah. they're really yeah. interesting. So with that being said, the last segment we're going to go into is actually dedicated to our surprise at getting international listeners. And that's going to be our, uh, we're going to do a review of some of the characters that are actually from G.I. Joe that are international. We wouldn't do Star Wars ones because they're all galaxy-type stuff. So that's going to be in our next segment, which is the uh, Jedi Holocron. Holocron. Okay, yeah, what I did was I just uh, went onto a website and found a couple of things, looked at international Joes for our international listeners, and what it is was some of the Joes were actually born out of the United States of America, surprising to a lot of people. But some of the Joes who were actually original Joes that were born in the United States on their file cards were actually changed to be more international friendly. Okay. And just a couple of these really quickly. Uh, the G.I. Joe Grunt, which goes back to the first G.I. Joe series, 82, 83. Because you need a grunt. Because you need a grunt. Uh, in the original American release, the U.S. release, he was born in Columbus, Ohio. But it was changed to, uh, and forgive me if I mispronounced this, my Canadian friends, Tros Rivieras, Quebec. Okay. T-R-O-I-S. And again, forgive me if I mispronounce that. And we have uh, Airborne that was born in, uh, wow. Man, you're going to screw that one up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Kanawamanga, Quebec. Sure. C-A-U-G-H-N-A-W-A-G-A, Quebec. Then we have Backstop, Montreal, Quebec. I know I got that one right. Then we have Big Ben, was born in uh, Burford, England. Big Bear was born in uh, Russia. Because <laughs> you can't even <laughs> yeah, read can't your own right? yeah. <laughs> Our channel. Okay. Our channel, Russia. Russia. He was Russia. And we have Buzzer in uh, Cambridge, England. Destro was born in uh, Calendar, Scotland. And we have a little shout-out special uh, G.I. Joe in our hometown of uh, Cleveland, Ohio, downtown. So nice. He hails yeah. from Cleveland, Ohio. So not international, but near and dear to our heart. Near and dear to our heart, right. Major Blood was born in uh, Sydney, Australia. Metalhead was born in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Monkey Wrench was born in Ryle, North Wales. Which, a lot of those Dreadnoughts characters, it makes sense because when you saw them on the cartoon in the 80s, they had accents. They had accents, yeah. So, so that was made cool. sense, yeah. And we have the character Red Dog was born in Pongo Pongo, Samoa. Nice. And we have Red Star was born in Odessa, the Ukraine, uh, the former USSR. Hey, that's my background. There Ukraine you go. right there. And we have Ripper, Grim Cape, Tasmania, another Dreadnought. We have uh, Skymate, born in Queenstown, Australia. We have Snow Job. Uh, Yellow Knife Yukon. We have Steeler, another one that was uh, originally a U.S. Uh, born Joe, changed over to be more international friendly. Hamilton, Ontario. Taurus was born in Istanbul. Tomax and Zaymot. And it says an island in the Mediterranean. Hey, so, why not? There you go. We have Torch, Botany Bay in New South Wales, Australia. And Zanzibar, our last dreadnought. Nice. From the Cayman Islands. So yeah, it had a little bit of international flavor there. Now we have, I did mention earlier, we had a lot of French listeners. We really weren't able to find a French Yeah, I really weren't able to find a French-born G.I. Joe, so we're, but that's, we're looking. That's fine. I mean, we still want you as listeners. So. Yeah. 
Um, and then we had a lot of Irish listeners. Right. Didn't Couldn't find someone that was born in Ireland. But we did the next best thing. Next best thing was Barbecue. Right. Who is, uh, his real name is Gabriel A. Kelly. And if that's not Irish, I don't know what is. Yeah. I, I'm just going to give you a quick background on Barbecue, just real briefly here. He was a character, obviously, from the Real American Hero to, uh, toy line, comic books, and cartoon series. He was the team's firefighter, and he de- debuted in 1985. Right, the figure came out in 85. Exactly. And uh, again, his real name is Gabriel A. Kelly, uh, and his rank is that of a Corporal E4. Uh, he was born in Boston, Massachusetts. Again, very Irish place to come to the United States. Right. Barbecue's primary military specialty is a fireman, and his secondary military specialty specialty is infantry. Okay. So, he Barbecue would have been the seventh Kelly in his family line in the Boston Fire Department if he hadn't joined GI Joe. Oh, nice background. His figure was released in 1985. Right. Uh, the figure was repainted and re-released. Uh, as part of the Slaughter's Marauders line in 1989. It was, and that was a horrible paint job. <laughs> it was all blue and green and brown from my memory, and it's just yeah. the same figure in the same firefighter suit, just horribly really painted. And here's another flash from the past for you. Uh, a new version of Barbecue was also re-released as part of the Eco Warriors line in 1992. Oh, that was horrible, <laughs> yeah. Um, he did appear uh, in Marvel Comics series, uh, G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, number 40, in October of 1985. Yeah. Um, I actually have that issue, too. Yeah, he was crawling out of a storage locker on the Joe's new battle platform. Right. And that's where he appeared. That's where they introduced us to that character, was in that issue, on the battle platform. Okay, yeah. I actually had that as a kid, too. And then uh, some of the other issues he appeared in were 41, 48, number 52, and number 78. So if you're a barbecue fan... Grab those issues. Those are the issues you want to be looking for. He also... Uh, he first appeared in the animated series in the first season episode, The Further Adventures of G.I. Joe. Right, and he's a, he's a favorite in one of your episodes, too, uh, The Viper. The Viper episode. I love The Viper episode. He was a main character in that episode. Yeah, I know you he love was. That one. Yeah, he he was. also, side note, too, since we released and we did a toy review on the 25th Joe's, he was also re-released in that series, too. I do have that figure as well. Yes, and they also, I believe they made a figure of him for the Rise of Cobra. I believe I saw a barbecue or a blowtorch figure. No, they, that you know, looked, they did a barbecue, but they did a repaint. Repaint of him, yeah. yeah. And it was actually looked pretty cool. Yeah, it was okay. Um, he never appeared in the movie. No, he wasn't in a movie. They just did a repaint. It was a Toys R Us exclusive. Yeah, and uh, I really I really liked the way he looked, so... So that's a little bit of international flavor there for, for you. Irish listeners, that's, uh, a little special treat for you guys there. That's right. So with that, uh, we've done well enough of a show here. Yeah, we're uh, just going to knock it off here. I that's guess. right. So uh, what I'm going to do is give you our information. Again, uh, you can find us at starjoes.com. Communicate with us on the forums, uh, which is the comicforums.com. And or we're can, both on there a lot. Yeah. Uh, I am Royal Lantern, and Chuck is known as The Chuck. The Chuck. Real creative with that name. Yeah. Uh, so find us there, uh, add your input, and we'd love to be chatting with you on there. I'm on there all the time. Yeah. And then you can also contact us at starjoespodcast at gmail.com. That's our email address. And uh, send us in your thoughts, your questions, whatever. Again, Pop by Facebook. Leave us some comments there, too. Yeah. On Facebook, we're trying to make every single part of this a little bit different. So on our webpage, you're going you're gonna to find the... 
uh, reviews of the figures, but you're also going to find our different rooms. Uh, you're going to find the episodes. But on Facebook, you're going to find additional pictures that you might not find anyplace else. You're going to get right. updates on when we recorded. In fact, every time we record, I'm going to just go on there and update the fans saying, yeah, hey, we be can- on Facebook. Yeah, for yeah. the Facebook fans, you're going to get a little exclusive uh, Yeah, hey, sneak we, re- peek. we recorded today, so look for an episode coming up. Or- right. Hey, we went and did this today. Uh, went and found an action figure of this or whatever. You know, that might be, cool. be in the forums too because I kind of squealed on that a little earlier too. Yeah. So, uh, and you, the forums is a great place for a lot more interaction. But Correct. Facebook will be more for like, hey, updates going on with exactly. us. So, exactly. So that's where you can find us. Uh, am I forgetting anything? Uh, I think it's pretty much it. Good show. So yeah, great show. Uh, if I did forget something, I'll try to remember for next time. Oh, you can find us on iTunes. iTunes, yeah. Oh, the big one. Please leave us a review there. We've been fortunate enough to have three already. Yeah, we so. get three we went over earlier so So, thank you guys uh, very much for the review you can find us very easily on itunes now so with that we're gonna close with our our new uh our new slogan our our new new catchphrase our new slogan which is uh the force will be with you because because knowing us is half the battle Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe!